You haven't heard about the McCrispy yet. Well then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best nut sound you've ever heard. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Noah says that Tianfu has gained weight, but I love her so much that I can't, I can't tell. Well, you spend all your time with her. So yeah, it's impossible to tell. Right. And like, I pick her up and I also pick up my daughter and I don't know who weighs more. And I, I don't know. She, we just, she, she likes to be squirreled up next to me and, and it's hard to take her for walks because she races home for her dinner. So I don't know. She's chicken lady. She's chicken-chested lady. I don't know. Have you gotten a number from the vet? I'm sure it's somewhere, but also, what happened to body positivity? <laughs> I don't think she's overweight. I just, I just, she, it's cold. She got a little thick coat. So do I. And when the baby comes, then we'll we'll do more. I don't know. It's hard. It must be hard when you like love something or someone so much that you can't see if they're ugly. <laughs> I mean, or have gained weight. With a pet, it's like, yeah, somebody, what, well, I guess with a person too. Like we always talk about toxicity. Remember Samantha's friends are like, what the hell? You're the fattest person I've ever seen in my life. Cause they hadn't seen her in however many months. Cause she weighed like 130 pounds. Yeah. I mean, the truth is if you have an ugly baby, you don't know it. Like oh. there are moments where you're like, huh? But like, I look back, there's like one or two pictures of Sierra that I must've taken. Cause they were weird looking where I'm like, whoa, that is a hobgoblin. But, like, in the moment, you're just like, what a beautiful baby. So, love conquers all. You love have a conquers cute, all. Your baby came out cute. I can safely say, you know who else had a very cute baby? It kind of looks like Not your interested. baby. Not interested in knowing who else had a cute baby. I'll be honest. <laughs> there can only be one. Your baby is cute, though. Yeah. Well. Now she's a little this person. Is com- she's a little person. This is coming out on a Wednesday where we are probably at the end of or still in the middle of this torrential downpour that Los Angeles is experiencing. And uh, we didn't lose power. I'm saying this to you now so far. We've lost power for less because I live in a very wooded area, but we did get a roof leak. So that's cool. Uh, It is just like a house slid off of its base in like Beverly Hills and like, cra- like, I'm like, what are we building here to where just like a lot of rain wrecks your life? Like we don't live in the wetlands. This isn't Laos. Like why is that happening? It's, it's, it's so LA to be like, we weren't ready. And then we crumbled. 
We're an emotionally prepared. I was worried about you. I was like, is she not going to have internet? How are we going to record? What's going to happen? So really my worry about you was how it would inconvenience me. And I, I get it. <laughs> and it's always some fucking idiot. You know, we were driving yesterday on the freeway. And of course it's bumper to bumper because two fucking Camrys just banged into each other probably because they were staring at their GPS the whole time. I really think like, look, you all came from somewhere where there was rain. Like people are so dumb and bad at driving anyway. And everybody thinks that about everywhere, but LA has like the highest concentration of delusional idiots. We were on a street today. We're on third, no traffic, wide street. It had even stopped raining for a few minutes. And some woman was just in an intersection with a smashed fender. Just like, I don't know. And it's like, how? There are white water rapids on some of these streets and you have no cars around you. It's because people don't fucking pay attention. They're like, I got to get to my my chemical peel, my audition, my air one. The more people get in accidents here, the more conservative I've become. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. Uh, it's a four-wheel drive has nothing to do with the political party, but like people here act like it's right. we, our sc school was canceled here for my daughter, for a lot of kids. School. It's not raining fire. They're like, due to road closures. I'm like, did they close all of Sunset Boulevard? Give me a fucking break, people. So what did you teach her today while she was off from school? I taught her how to finish her oatmeal so she can have oranges. And she learned not to jump off of the counter. Oh. She learned it the hard way today. Yep. I thought that might be it. Do you have any tasty updates for me? In my, like... Last few weeks of pregnancy here, I'm supposed to gain one pound a week, but I've been I've been averaging about two. I've been pulling a double. You have an update on one that was very controversial, which was the boyfriend's parents were coming to the bar after her performances. And by the out. way, Noah, who often hears me in the bathroom listening to my own podcast, <laughs> and I'm like, it's for quality assurance. I just, I, it really is. Like, I do want to make sure I'm like being nice to you, but still a little mean and that I sound good. Like I'm studying my own tape. He said, he was like, just be honest. Like, just be like, I don't want you to come. And I was like, no fucking way. <laughs> We're women. We're not allowed. No. So he's like, just tell him you don't want him to come. What's the big deal? And I'm like, it's a huge deal. Okay. Okay. So. So this person says... Following up, you guys are right. Thank you for the yes. advice and perspective. First, I have to apologize for my how wordy my email was. Jesus Christ, I need to hire an editor for my correspondence. Everyone take a lesson from this person. Don't worry, Eliza, you haven't lost a fan. I laughed a lot at what you had to say about my situation. You also dropped some truth bombs on me, which I appreciate, specifically when you pointed out that my repeating the whole I'm 25 thing indicates I still want to be young and stupid. I've also been told in the past that I put too much pressure on myself. My boyfriend's parents don't monopolize my time at the bar. They mingle, talk to the cast, and kind of just soak up the vibes. And maybe I'm just a little shocked that they want to show me this much love and support. So here's what I think Aww. I'll do. Step one, follow your advice. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to break up with my boyfriend <laughs> and send a weird note. Okay. <laughs> Step two, I'm going to stay at the bar for as late as I want to. And if they want to leave sooner, then we part ways. Yes. Step three, go. I'm going to procrastinate on schoolwork less so I don't feel like a shirker for going out gasp twice a month, maybe thrice a month. Fuck it. I'm young, stupid, and unmarried. I don't want my one night. I only get one. 
and she's joking about what you said. Yeah, yeah. To be for the party goblin to put my brain in the toilet since I still have to drive home from the train station when I get back to Jersey. I just want to have a oh, couple Jesus. drinks. I think part of me yeah. is having a hard time separating the part of me that's young and stupid and the part that wants to respect her boyfriend's family. Frankly, oh. in one of the first shows they came to, I wore a hot pink merkin on stage and danced to a parody of Shania Twain's Man, I Feel Like a Woman. So I feel like maybe I shouldn't worry about the faux pas of being seen as a lush. Thank you again for the advice and for telling me what I didn't want to hear, but ultimately helping me see the light. Yeah. You're most welcome. And you know what? Good for you for hearing it. And you're right. We, you do put too much pressure on yourself. First of all, take an Uber to that train station so you can fully let loose. Good for you. And you know what? You can be this studious, responsible person and your responsibilities end at the rim of your glass. And then it's party time. Good for you. And good for them for supporting their son's very liberal, artistic girlfriend. It is a good feeling. And if you love your art, you should expect more support like that. Good for you. This all seems great. That's it. Can I just say too, it's also a great lesson for women. Like you are not in charge of anyone else's feelings. You included them. These are adults. Women always feel this responsibility. Like, let me help clean up. Let me do this. Let me get you to this. You don't have to do it. Nobody's asking you to. Don't do it. And that goes to, I've noticed that when we go out, my husband not in a mean way, but like kind of doesn't acknowledge other people's kids. And I'm like, maybe I could do that. Do I have to call every girl like angel cake? No. I don't have to talk, I don't have to, talk to your fucking kid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that's what you took out of it. Dads don't. They just look, most men don't even acknowledge other women. My husband just kind of like stares above them, never says anything to the other kids. <laughs> All right. It's no secret that fast fashion and the demand for fashion in general is helping to wreck our planet while introducing Newly. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month, access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. And they have fast free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state of the art laundering facility, plus the option to buy what you love. I gifted Newly to a friend whose daughter works in an office where you have to be presentable and it's trendy. She gets to try out stuff. She always looks fresh at work. She always looks cute. And when she's done with it, which we usually are after wearing something for a while, she can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code ELIZA20. Just go to N U U L Y.com. That's Newly with two U's. And enter the code ELIZA20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N U U L Y.com. Newly with two U's with code ELIZA20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. I'm busy. And this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby. I'm back to work. I'm at meetings. I'm on tour. I'm running around. And I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. 
Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. Okay, we have a good update from Teresa, who was our question asker, who parked in her sister's parking lot, went to the bar, got ripped open by a dude, got real mad. Is that how you're going to phrase it? Well, Is that how you're going to phrase no, it, Emily? I wish I hadn't already. I wish I hadn't. She got ripped a new one. About Is that how you're going to phrase it? <laughs> yeah, it's better. That's better. Got ripped a second vagina and a third <laughs> butthole. Well, so Teresa says, thank you for featuring my question on the pod. After I sent the email, I realized I said vulva and I weirded myself out anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so Teresa knows. Thank you. After he ripped me a new vulva, <laughs> and frankly, I like this one better. <laughs> Less wear and tear. Thank you for your honest feedback about my pufferfish response. I totally understand the Ooh. point of view of a homeowner and having guests take advantage of guest parking. I didn't handle the situation as well as I could have, and I totally see how my response sounded suspicious, and maybe it was that of a rabid animal. Being approached has me on the defense, and I don't want to live my life that way. I truly appreciate the honesty. It has given me more reason to reflect on the ways I can allow space for other people's perspectives, which is how I want to be. Love you guys. Teresa, P.S. The parking is not gated. I was the only one parked there. Nine open spots. P.P.S. Didn't have a spare key yet to, to because my sister had recently moved in and given the only other spare key to her teenager. Doesn't change the fact that I lost my shit, of course. Thanks again. But also, it's like, just because he was able to track you down, like, you could have parked there illegally and just gone another direction. <laughs> like, this thing, it's like, oh, you also could have parked there and he didn't see you go into her apartment. Right. Like, what are the grounds? You might want to ask the place, like, what are the grounds for getting this car towed? Right. I don't think he would have actually towed it. I think he was just, like, at the end of his Ever. rope. I do wonder yep. if, yeah, because if, if he hadn't, seen where you went from your car he would have he wouldn't have gone door to door like does someone have a guest is there a guest here i don't know men do weird things and it's actually part of my bottom of the cob sometimes like as for as unhinged as women are charged with being people in general sometimes get very weird about rules or things that they were told we're going to talk about this but it does get weird when men are like that or like men adhere to the rules you're like fucking take a chill pill um i just i'm excited for my bottom of the cob okay okay Okay, we got to get through some the whole episode first, so just hold it in. 
I gotta get through this. Hi again, AIA crew. I'm a bit nervous to write in since I've been pretty sensitive about it, but I'm ready for Eliza's take. All right, we'll see how this, we'll see if you keep this fan. Okay. (laughs) I am 25 female. My boyfriend is 27 male. We've been together for nearly three years and simply are not on the same page with marriage. We live together, have dogs together, and I felt ready for the next step for months now. Anytime I bring up the idea of engagement, he says he knows he wants to marry me. He wouldn't continue being with me if he didn't see a future, but there's no rush and no real timeline. He also says he sees everyone at his work already on their second or third wife, their cop slash ex-military, and he doesn't ever want to be in that situation since we'll naturally be very different people in five years versus now, so he worries I'll change my mind. I also called off an engagement at 21 with the help of advice from AIA, actually. Uh, uh, (laughs) Realizing I was putting up with way more than I should have been, so I think that's always his mind, too. So it was four years ago. Wait, is she 25? Yeah, okay, four years ago, we we ended a, an engagement. <laughs> and now she's she wants to be engaged again. And- we got to keep a scoreboard of, like, how many friendships we've ended, how many engagements we've ended, how many Christmases we've Ruined. saved people from. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so you're 25 and he's 27. Yeah. I'm just entering this into our database. <laughs> For our, our studies. Yeah. Even with all the reassurance he gives me, the uncertainty of it all makes me feel insecure. When asked what would change if he proposes, I genuinely can't really answer other than I'd feel a bit more secure. His response to that is, again, he wouldn't continue dating me if he didn't see a future, so there's no difference in his mind, engaged or not. Am I just reading too much into it? Maybe this insecurity is a product of seeing all my peers get engaged. As a planner and naturally anxious person, the vagueness is not making me feel great, so an outside perspective and rationale would help. He's an amazing partner in every other way, so I don't feel this is a deal breaker. Thanks again, Madison. Madison, okay, so how long have they been dating? So they have been dating for nearly three years. Why can't I ever retain any information? It's, I always have to scroll back. Here's the thing that's a concern. He's saying... What's the difference? Like, I don't want to commit to anything. Like, what's we're we're together. I see a future with you. But then he's saying, well, I don't want to get married because in five years, you might change your mind and we get divorced. So that means he doesn't yeah, see a future with you. Well, one of those is true and one of them isn't. And I don't know which one it is. And that those are not comforting words. Like, what's the difference? And also, like, trust me, like, I see a future. And this is a partnership. You're not going to him like the Lord of your land. Like, please, can you grant me this marriage? He's like, when I'm ready. He's faulting you a little bit for calling off an engagement, which is actually an incredibly brave and mature thing to do versus like a lot of the women on our pod who are like, I met this guy and we touched. So now I guess I'm betrothed. I understand being 25 um, and not being in show business. So you're like, I think I'll just get married. What do you want? When you see your life, and by the way, it will change. You will be different. That is a young time to get married. I don't know what he does, but especially like if you're in the military, like people do get married super young. So it's great that he has that prescient knowledge of like, yeah, and like things happen and people get divorced. You seem to be surrounded by people who get married very young and then get divorced. What do you want? Do you want kids? Do you think you want two kids? You do have time. At 25, you do have time. It's not for him to say it, but the truth is you do. Fertility-wise, you have time. Uh, Shelf-wise, you have time. You've been together for three years, but truly being together for three years in your early 20s, you're still 
figure out who you are. And, and I know you don't want to hear this, but also the idea is that you grow and change together. If I married who I was dating at 25 or 26 or 27, I would have been settling for a life that I probably wouldn't be proud of now. Or I'd just be writing into a podcast. This guy might be the guy for you, but you do need to take a beat and you need to stop bringing it up because you're putting too much power in his hands. You, you do need to take a breath and you are getting anxious and girls do this where it's like, well, my friends are getting married. Forget what he wants for a second. Maybe over this next year, you discover some things about him that you don't like. You're going to have to dig deep like you did when you were 21 and you broke something off and you have to really think, what do I want? If you want to be married with kids by 30, then okay, it's a shorter timeline. But I think you need to have a conversation with him like a once and for all, get out what you got to say now so I can gauge this. Like, which is it? Is it that you think we'll be different people? Is it that you think we'll be together, but you think you have time? I'm not interested in a man saying like, we've got time. I, yeah, you do. So you're like 80. I just, I'm always, I always had like boyfriends, but like I was never engaged to anyone but Noah. And I just always, I know when you're a young girl, you're like, I want to get this fucking going. And you can, you can take the trips, you can get a dog together, you can live together. If anything, marriage like kind of takes some of the pizzazz out of all of it. But just like sit with yourself. Can you remove what you want from what everyone else is doing? And do you still want to be with this person if it takes him two more years to propose to you? Are you not? I I wonder, I would be less concerned about the fact that he doesn't want to get married and more or that he's not right now his answer just would set off so many red flags for me that would be the, the part that weird. would make me feel insecure in my relationship is his response to it it's strange it's different than like i'm just not ready it's like very it's it's i don't know it's it's very it's contradictory. well it's not an answer it's exactly right so I think you need to have a real come to Jesus and be like, for us, this is not about getting married. This is about genuinely finding out where we stand. He's influenced by the type of people he's around for better or for worse. And he's not those. Like if he's not military, he's not law enforcement. I don't know what he does. But at the very least, you are owed a real conversation, which isn't you begging him for a ring. Uh, like homestead wife TikTok will beg to differ, but a partnership is not you hoping he's going to pop the question. I know that's this romantic notion of what relationships are. A real relationship is like, we've talked about it. I tried on a ring. He didn't just like throw a dart at a Jared catalog. And now I'm stuck with a diamond in the shape of a bee. These are discussions. And I know it's less sexy, but that's just because fairy tale told us we were supposed to wait until the guy was ready. So at the very least, if he's not willing to have a very honest conversation where you come disarmed, you're like, I, this is not about you proposing. I just want to know where we stand. Because I, I, I think he is like, well, she didn't marry a guy. It's weird. It's like, should I have married that guy at 21? And then you'd want to marry me if I were divorced. He's not thinking about it because he doesn't have to, but it's a partnership. He is this idea that he's just going to pop the question out of nowhere. Get that out of your head. When people do that, it's because they've like talked about it before and you don't want to be wondering. And you also don't want to pour your youth and time into this relationship if he's like, eh, I could take it or leave it. But no, I'm pretty sure it's going to be you. 
Like, ew, I don't know. Is it him for you? So you got to have that come to Jesus. Yeah. Get fully naked, touch hands, Ugh. touch knees, and just be like, let's just connect soul to soul, Jerry. Yeah. You, you know, know that's how they have sex in Demolition Man. And in Coneheads. Get it. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Eliza, Emily, Huss, Scotty, four-legged children, pink tree frog, soon to be born tree frog. I am in dire need of Eliza's wise words of wisdom. Here we go. My mom, 55 years old, was adopted at two days old by her parents, my grandparents. Don't go seeking. Your gra- don't look for them. Leave them alone. No one needs to know that you have extra freckles and they need to be warned. She I just know this is a genealogy in search of question. Is it? Well, it's flip-flopped a little okay. bit, but right, yes. Right. She's always known she was adopted, but hasn't wanted to look for her biological family due to the fact that my grandparents were her parents and she didn't want to make them feel like she was betraying them. My mom also didn't want to find her biological mother and find out she was the product of an assault and open old trauma for her. My grandpa Wait, has- does she already know that though? No, I think it just seems like that's a concern. Oh, okay. Like, if that is the thing, you don't want to know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. My grandpa passed away back in 2015, and at the beginning of this month, my nana suffered a couple massive strokes and seizures, resulting in my mom and her older siblings, also adopted, different families, having to make tough decisions, ultimately putting my nana in hospice. Fast forward to today. I received a message on Facebook from a random girl, let's call her Jessie, who I have never seen before and had no connection to. When I opened the message, I was hit with the bomb that she was the stepchild of my mom's biological half-brother. Okay. Let's call him Ray. And that she was reaching out on his behalf because he's wanting to get in contact with my mom. So that is the (sighs) half-brother. Biological half-brother wants to get in contact, so his stepkid's helping reach out. They found the connection through an Ancestry DNA hit. I immediately started looking up this information to see if it was legit or not. And sure enough, there he was on my DNA match and my mom's DNA match showing half-brother. Why did you buy a DNA match if you weren't looking at this already? Because we all want to know if we're Danish princesses. The answer is no. (laughs) Come to find out, my mom's biological mother was an unwed 18-year-old who had no support when she was pregnant with my mom in 1968 in Texas. She wanted to keep my mom, but knew she couldn't give her the life she deserved. But her biological mother passed away in 2017 of cancer. My mom has two younger half-brothers, all different dads that were born in the mid-70s. Jesse is saying Ray has always wanted to find his sister and wanted to have a relationship with her. All of her biological family lives back in Florida. Big yuck. But she has five nieces and nephews and three great nieces and nephews. My question to you is... With everything my mom already had going on with my Nana in hospice, her demanding job as the head of security at a hotel on the Las Vegas Strip, and everyday life stress, how do I tell her about her biological family reaching out? I listen every Wednesday. I try to put substance in without putting too much crap you don't need. Love the pod. And it's one of two podcasts I listen to weekly, other one being Lore. My God, is this you? All my love, (laughs) Callie. Uh, Callie, are you friends with your mom on Facebook? If so, and you share a last name, it's a little weird that he didn't just reach out to your mom. But let's pretend for a second. Yeah, you have different last names. Maybe your mom's not on Facebook. Let's say there's a reason he didn't do that. Your mother's a head of security at a big hotel in Las Vegas. Your mom's a tough lady, okay? Your mother is an adult who can make her own decisions. That's very sweet that she didn't want to go looking because she didn't want to disrespect her parents, but they're basically gone. Do not hide this information from her. 
It's not yours to carry. It's not like he's revealing something that you can like carry for her and you want to protect her. Tell her this and she can make her own decision. That's it. Yeah, I, I think you can just say this guy, the stepdad reached out. How crazy is that? I mean, I can connect you if you want and your mom can say yes or no. But it's she, I think she's at least not super, at least mildly open to it because she did a DNA test. So she knew she'd be on there and people could reach out to her because of that. Would she be okay if she found out her mom just had a boyfriend and they just got pregnant at 18 and then he just, they couldn't do it? You know, I, your mom is the one who is healing from a trauma, but your mom's in charge of herself and she seems like a pretty realized woman uh, and self-possessed in a good way. So just tell her what happened. Yeah. And she'll feel bad that you were carrying that and wanted to protect her. And she'll take it from there. Maybe it's an adventure you're going together. Maybe this guy's trying to find a kidney. Maybe this guy just wants money. So go into it with open eyes. Yeah. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Eliza. When you ask someone what language they took in school, usually it's like with an eye roll. They're like, mm, French. It's like, do you speak French? No, I don't use it. I feel like a lot of us had difficulties learning a language in school. Rosetta Stone is here to change that. It's available on desktop and it can be used as an app on your phone or your tablet. Rosetta Stone are trusted experts for more than 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with an intuitive process and you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. That's right. You might even fool some locals into thinking you're one of them. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. I headed to Mexico City for a little vacation, and I used Rosetta Stone to brush up on my Spanish. Just a few things, few verbs that I knew I had forgotten, and I was better. Mejor. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today. Now I'm just going to read you a nice comment. Hi, AIA Podcast Pod. I don't have a question. Just want to say I'm loving that some of the recent episodes have been longer and adore when you take some time for chit-chat with each other and all the banter Ooh. that goes along with it. While it's a Q&A podcast, I personally feel those one-on-one -on -one Eliza and Emily moments are the most funny. That's it. Love the show. Best of luck, Eliza, with the new Bambino. Maybe he's already here, depending on when and if this airs. Love, Aaron from New I mean, Jersey. <laughs> Inshallah. Like, I wish. <laughs> 
Uh, it'd be great to have this baby right now. I even asked my doctor today. I was like, I can go for a foot massage, right? She's like, yeah, I would go to like a prenatal spa. I was like, no, I'm going to one of those cheap Chinese ones in the strip mall. She was like, yeah, you, you could. It's okay if you go into labor. I'm like, great. Let's <laughs> evict this baby. <laughs> I love a banter with you. I just, I always, I always want to be cognizant. I, I don't know. I, I When I listen to clips of podcasts or radio shows, it's always two fucking idiots just like, and then did you get that sandwich? You got the sandwich? I did. Crazy story. I got a sandwich. And it's like, I sometimes I think people, the bar is set so low for comedic interaction. And I, I always want to make sure I'm delivering you what we promised, which is ask Eliza anything. But I'll talk to Emily all day <laughs> about everything. You should see our texts. They're hot fire. They are. They are. I mean, yeah, I think I listen to a lot more podcasts than you. And some podcasts that are an hour, people will talk for 30 minutes and then answer like two questions. So I think we can get away with it because we'll talk for less than 20 and we'll still answer like a solid five plus questions. Yeah. The comic in me always wanted to keep things brief. Uh, yeah. I also know that I could very easily just become like spew out garbage and just talk shit on like shitty celebrity topics that I don't really care about. But every time I do, it's this like vanishing caloric density of like, okay, you said a bunch of mean things about that singer. Now what? And I'm like, nah, I don't know. I still will listen to her. It's okay. Right. So I have a very curated on my Finsta. I have a very curated feed of garbage of like people I check in on who like are just total trash and I judge them, but I throw them a view. So I think the universe is balanced out. You're, I'll never um, tell anyone who I follow. You're smart enough to, on the fence, say you don't follow anyone from your real life, right? I don't follow anyone. Okay, good. Because I, I literally type caught. in their name every time. No, no, no. There, it's it's people. There was one for this YouTuber who was in a lot of trouble, and she created a she had a Finsta where it was like she followed all of her friends and family members and everybody, and it was like, no, dummy, what are you no. doing? I'm positive they'll know it's me somehow. I look, but I don't touch. I don't comment. I do no harm. I'm just like a doctor. <laughs> I'm not there to tell you, hey, you're eating way too much sugar. You, This is a preventable heart condition. I'm not going to say anything. I just look and judge and I finish going to the bathroom and I go to bed. <laughs> Good for you. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate right. that about the banter and I do think we keep it hot and fresh and tasty because it's, it's honest. Every once in a while, it's a little sexual, but it's always informative, right? Always informative. That's you. That's yeah. who you are. That when people are asked what three adjectives describe Emily, informative, informative, a little sexual, and what was the first one? Uh, snacky. <laughs> I do love a snack. Um, can I just tell you, my husband is adorable and went to the farmer's market and like bought a bunch of frozen chickens and has been making chicken stock. And then he heard that after you make the chicken stock, if you take the bones and reduce them down further... You get this like secondary stock with all these like vitamins and that's great. And it's super rainy here, but like the whole house smells like smoked turkey and like, it's really cozy for like an hour. And now I'm just like always hungry. And like, you can't light a conflicting candle. Like you can't light a gardenia candle with chicken stock. It's just, it's too cozy. Like it's too cottage core in here right now. Uh, is this, does he like, he's making a lot of stock and rather than freezing it. Freezing it, yeah, doing all kinds of stuff. Like there's some alchemy going on. This chicken has gone from bones to liquid to gel to frozen. Like he's just in there living his Baba Yaga, Blair Witch, Medicine Woman dreams. I'm so happy for him. He is a bit of a Baba Yaga. He could pull off a shawl. He's, yeah, he's even wearing, this is 
how confident my husband is in his sexuality. He, I think he's wearing a girl's apron right now. Good for him. And nobody <laughs> would even question it. Like, he's just so, yeah, he's just so secure in himself. He's so fucking secure. And when I, you know, I'm from Texas. I have, grew up like around like a certain type of machismo. And I remember one time, like Noah never says, like he's just, he's super open-minded. He never says anything derogatory about everyone. Like he's just a humanist. And one time, like someone said something like that was supposed to like diminish his masculinity. And he was like, I don't care. Fuck you. I smoke whole animals. <laughs> and I'm like, it's true. Like yeah. we don't eat a lot of meat, but like you have, you are responsible for the smoking of the bodies of so many different kinds of animals whole in our backyard. So if you want to tie that to masculinity, that's him. I would just tie that to don't mess with him because he could smoke my body. He would never. Uh, if you died, yeah, we would smoke it and we would break down your collagen. And we would eat you. And then the the blood test would come back. You got too much blood sugar. And I'd be like, well, I ate my old assistant. <laughs> now I've lost my it. feet. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All we right. have a question from another right. secure man. Hi, all. Longtime listener. I love all your work. I've been to just about every Vegas show. Not your typical audience. 33-year-old dude pilot. Love it. Anyway, my name is Matt. My girlfriend is 13 years older than I am. He's 13 years old. So <laughs> he's 33, so she's 46, right? Yes. Constantly worries. I'm too young for her and thinks I'm just going to bail, etc. We get along great. She thinks that maybe I haven't got en enough of my angst. We both worked in nightlife for years. I worked in nightclubs for almost a decade before flying full-time. Fortunately for an airline, you have a disdain for, huh? Oh, one of your enemy airlines. It could be any, any could of be them any other of than them. Delta. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, right. how would you quell her anxiety when she seems to think I could jump ship? Thanks for the advice. Congrats on adding more to your budding family. I'll tell you what, it's tough because that is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like if she keeps saying it, because what she's doing is she's not infantilizing you, but she's charging that you, who are a man who flies 747s, I'm assuming you're the head pilot, uh, in charge of hundreds of people's lives are not responsible enough to decide for yourself what you want. It's a little condescending. No man likes to feel that. It's 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 a little condescending. Um, and the truth is, at the heart of it, you're like, I don't want to keep having this discussion. And she, she's trying to do the right thing because she's probably thinking like, look, at some point, you're probably going to want kids that I can't give you without a lot of medical intervention. I don't know what your goals are. You know, she's she's not wrong in assuming at 33, like it, things might want to change. But you have to have a conversation where you're like, I need you to take me at face value because it's, you're not, tr you're not respecting me. And I appreciate that you're older and you have more life advice and I'm sorry, that you have more life experience, but you would not like it if I was always second guessing you on major life choices. And so this really comes down to respect and maybe you don't, you don't want to be in this relationship. She may not want to, and she's hoping you'll pull the trigger and break it off. It is a big age gap, especially at that time in your life. I don't know what all you guys want. And for her, she's probably looking, she might be looking for a long-term life partner. Whereas you're like just at the age where you're still kind of figuring it out. Does the sun rise and set in her eyes? Like, is this the person you see yourself growing old with? If so, then ask her to marry you. But you need to have, uh, it, what it comes down to is her 
treating you like a child and you're like as hot as that is for like five minutes in the bedroom, like that's not the partner I want. Right. This guy's I think she's insecure about it. He's, yeah. That's 23. I mean, like he's just fine. It's that thing. It's that, I think we, this should be a Sex in the City podcast. I know. <laughs> it's that thing where in theory, a la Sex in the City, but really more Samantha, but like in theory, Instagram would have you believe like, go girl, get your flowers. Like date that younger man. Fuck him. Be young. Be a cougar. It is not the natural order of things. It tends to be like a secondary or tertiary choice after like you've had the divorce, you had the controlling marriage, you had the kids. You're like, I just want to kind of relax. Or I don't have any of those long-term marriage goals or kid goals where you're like a little bit freer and she may not, in which case then sure, you know, marry whoever because the older you get, 13 years doesn't matter. Like when she's uh, 66 and you're 53, you know? But modern convention requires that women like be independent and not care, but you do care and you don't want to feel old. And when you guys go out, if you go to like a bar with his friends, like she doesn't want to feel like the old one. Some women can be confident and some not. Like, so it's all, you're just not in the same places in life. And if you are, then you both need to be clear about that. Yeah, I'm sure it doesn't help that he's a pilot. So he's always out and about with different people. So I'm sure that adds to insecurity. But it's, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, she needs to trust you. You want to be with her. What What? What are you going to- And she can't. Yeah. I wouldn't. I, I'd be like, you just don't know. So I don't blame her. She. It also doesn't help that you guys aren't French. Or like hot and Brazilian. Like if you were from another country, I'd be like, yeah, I get it. But it's not, you don't see it a lot in America. And that's a lot, it's a lot for her to carry. Yeah. Why don't you both listen to this and then discuss. And I will see you in a few months in Las Vegas. The date to be revealed soon. I cannot stop. You better bring. By then. I'll be back to normal by then. They better bring, you better bring that 46 year old to the show. Yeah, let me get a look at her and I'll let you know. I'll be like, if she's a real uggo, I'll let you know. Let you know. Hi, Eliza and Emily. I'm 26 and my boyfriend is 29. I always thought women were a little more mentally mature than men and completely agree when Eliza says in her stand-up, the boy should always be a little more in love with the girl. I love him too, very deeply. However, I almost had an aneurysm when he was doing laundry the other day. He took all his clothes out of the dryer, put them in the laundry basket, and then left them while he sat down to watch TV. I asked him if he planned on oh, folding that, or hanging that them bad? up. <laughs> is that Do you have silk shirts that need pressing? Is that a bad thing? To, you you got to let them sit. They got to air out while they sit. They got to no, wrinkle. Yeah. I, t- I asked him if he planned on folding or hanging them up so they wouldn't get wrinkled. He told me he never does. He only hangs up dress shirts or anything fancy. To be fair, he works nights. And when we go out, I've never noticed wrinkles. But I think it's part of being an adult to do these menial chores. When explaining why I was flabbergasted, I was embarrassed to say how my brain works. If he doesn't hang up clothes, then he won't help with other chores when we eventually move in together. And when we eventually get married and have a baby, I'll be saddled with these kinds of tasks solo. Zero to 100 thought process. I recognize that as a woman who wants a family one day, I'm terrified of wasting my time with somebody who isn't mature as I am. But he shows maturity in other ways. So my question is this. How do I explain to him that something like this scares me about our maturity levels in this relationship? Am I the asshole for even commenting on this? How did you deal with being a woman with a shelf life of fertility? Since men versus women tends to be your area of comedic expertise, I'd love to get your input here. Thanks and love you guys. Julia Gilmer, not anonymous. First and last name from Julia. Julia G, listen to me. First of all, the fertility and this 
they are linked, but at the same time have nothing to do with each other in this question. And this is basically the subject of my book, Girl Logic, which is all about this sort of like loquacious thinking where these things do balloon up and everything is like spider web attached to each other. But the book is also about like reminding yourself, like not every thought has to be attached because you're not doing it the other way. You're not like, wow, he always puts gas in my car. So I know that when we have kids, he will always be irresponsible. You're not drawing conclusions in a positive way. There are things that you do. You don't, the answer is you don't say anything because you will drive yourself crazy if you critique everything he does. And it's not about you not critiquing everything you do, but like he's probably just letting it go. Look, women tend to be a little bit more domestic and domestically oriented than men. But you're talking right now to a girl, me with a microphone who, actually I'm talking to you, who does not fold her laundry immediately because I only wear t-shirts and I never look wrinkled and nobody fucking cares. My husband is extremely mature and thoughtful but has walked into me sometimes because he doesn't notice me. (laughs) My husband is very thoughtful and evolved and sweet and is very difficult to talk to if the Phoenix Suns lose a basketball game. (laughs) We all have these things. Um, Having a child, if that is what your plan is with this person, matures you very quickly. There And I find myself faulting my own husband for like little things that like I wouldn't have done that way, but then like I leave my dishes in the sink. It's fine that he did that. This, these are not, a lot of times I talk about social indicators, but the frequency and speed with which you fold your laundry is not an indicator of anything other than like nobody likes folding laundry. And that's, it's a lot to put on him to be like, I noticed you didn't do that. Therefore, like, are you going to saddle me with chores? And he'll be like, wow, I noticed that you nitpick me. Are you going to be a psycho when we get married and have a baby and your hormones are crazy? You know? So unless you are, unless you have multiple things that are red flags, like he leaves you in the car in the rain and he lets himself in first, you know, unless there's multiple things, I think you got to let this one go. But, you know, you might be writing to us in five years and being like, I wrote in and sure as shit, he didn't help me with anything. And he sits around. It's tough. You don't know. None of us know. None of us know when we meet someone at a bar, is this person going to be lying about the fact that they (laughs) went to a good college? Is this person cheating? Is this person secretly going to be shitty in five years, be a bad partner, a good partner, and you do the best with the information set that you're given? And if everything kind of outweighs the negative, then I think you let this one go. And don't nag. Because you will hate yourself for nagging and it's not important. You want to die on the hills that are important. Right? Yeah. I mean, I came back from LA over a week ago and I'm looking, my suitcase is just open with the stuff in it right in my totally. eye line. So, By the way, as much as I pick at my husband, I notice he never does it to me. He's never like, God, can you just wash your dish? He never says anything about me leaving my clothes all around. I pick them up and I clean the house. Like we all do our part. Good partnerships just even out. You're both imperfect. Noah always says, the good thing about Eliza is when I mess up, she moves on and is very quick to forget. He's like, but when she messes up, she also moves on and is very quick to forget. You you burn hot and fast and die out quickly. That's right. The answer is get a cleaning lady and you don't think about it. Honestly, yeah. Honestly, our cleaning people won't do our laundry because the last people they worked for yelled at them. And I was like, if I promise not to yell at you 
oh my God, I just remembered I have clothes in the washing machine. Oh no, <laughs> from they're like, moldy. Yeah, like from like 8 a.m. this morning. <laughs> oh no, I hope someone did something. Whoops. Do you have to run the washer again or do you just go straight Fuck. to the dryer? That was all my underwear. I like did it because I knew the cleaning people were coming and they won't wash our clothes. So I did it to like make room. Oh no, stink out. <laughs> oh, I forgot. I'm a bad, I'm a bad domesticated mom. This person does oh, not want to have a child with you then. That's fair. Because <laughs> I'm not doing it again. <laughs> Hi, Liz and Emily, longtime listener and fan from Europe here, and I really value the down-to-earth, well-grounded advice that you both always give. Got to be German. I'm- German or Dutch, because those are cultures that really value being forthright. I'm- also, who says Europe? That's I'm from America. They don't like, who wanna, says Europe? They don't want to be found. They said, please keep me anonymous <laughs> first, and then they're like, I'm right, from right, right. the continent of Europe. Do not find me. Okay, we won't, we won't look. <laughs> I am a 30-year-old woman, and I have a close friend who I've known for years. On many fronts, we get along well and have a lot in common. We both have full-time careers in a similar field, which both require a lot of dedication. However, over the last couple of years, I've begun to notice that she just does not respect my time at all. For example, when we are trying to arrange meetups, she constantly suggests days and times that are convenient to her around her job when she knows for a fact I will be working as I have worked those hours for the last decade. When I remind her yet again that I work that day so I'm not available, she questions this and suggests I book time off work to meet her for breakfast or lunch, which I do not want to do as annual leave is a precious commodity. Likewise, if she suggests meeting on a date or time that is convenient to her but I already have plans, she'll question exactly what time I'm going out and suggest ways in which I can fit or change my plans to accommodate her. Then when I'm firm and say I cannot do that date or time, she sulks and acts as though I don't know how to manage my own time. However... If I suggest a date on which she is unavailable, she simply says that she's working and can't meet that day, and that is the end of the matter. This issue is annoying me on a deeper level because fundamentally it suggests to me that she thinks her time and job are much more important and highly valued than mine, and that I can be expected to move my plans and work to fit around her. I'd love your perspective on how I should handle this as she's absolutely not the type to handle criticism well, and I don't want to ruin the friendship, but... At the same time, this behavior is starting to make me really resent her, and I get so anxious when trying to make plans with her because I know I'm going to get frustrated when she does this. Please help. Have you been moving your schedule around in the past? Do you have a job that is modular like that and you can move it? Is this a line you're just now drawing? Like, did you teach her how to treat you? Or have you never accommodated her and she is just a crazy person? Well, she's saying when when she tells the friend a time and the friend disagrees, that's the end of the matter because the friend goes, I'm not free that day. So yeah, when she starts asking you questions, don't entertain her about what your other plans are. Just say, I can't. How about this other day? Like stop going back and forth with her about your schedule. Do not go back and forth. And if she like sends you like a sad emoji and just send her a question mark and then you just be like, be like, I I can't do it. I don't know what, you don't say, I don't know what you want from me, but it is- a very immature thing to do to like give your friends grief over something like that. I had a friend, we're no longer friends, who would, it was rude, like would just like Irish goodbye. I don't know if we're allowed to say that anymore. Uh, (laughs) From a party. And I'd be like, yeah, but you don't say goodbye to me. And she's like, I guess I just don't want to hear it. And it hurt my feelings because I've never been the friend that's like, no, don't go. But in your 20s, you get a lot of that grief. And at a certain point, this girl was just like, I just don't want to fucking hear it. Um, so she put that on me, but I was like, okay, well, that's rude because I'm not the one doing it. 
So you're right to feel anxious because you don't want to have to defend yourself. So just don't. Just fucking don't. Why? Why not? Don't answer it. Give it no oxygen. And if she's like, why can't you be like, what are you, why can't I what? Change my plan. Like you can just put it back to her and be like, I can't. I don't know what else to tell you. Anytime she says something weird, just put a question mark. Be like, and then you could just be like, is it, as our friend, I don't know what kind of sarcastic relationship you have, but like, you can always be like, is the friendship over? <laughs> is that it? Is that it? We're just done forever. I don't know how close you guys are, but yeah, it's a maturity thing. And uh, she might be the kind of friend who only has friends that orbit her. I am that to an extent, not in a selfish way, just in a like, this is when I can make it, but my friends get that. So you may have outgrown this. You have to decide it's not going to make you anxious because you're not responding. What's the worst that's going to happen? She's going to send you like an angry emoji and then she's going to what? Do nothing. Yeah, I I will just flag. I think, yes, it's fundamentally this person values her own time more than yours, but it's not as directed at you. We all do. Right. It's not as directed at you as you feel. It's not that she thinks I am more important than anonymous question asker. She is worthless. It's that this person thinks only of themselves as many people do. Everyone else is other. So it, it sucks, but it's not quite the like, she's not thinking low of you. She just is inconsiderate. She's a narcissist. And some people tolerate that. Maybe people who want to be your friend are like, okay, let me see what I can do. Your time matters. Like, I can't make that. How about this? Can't, okay, well, we'll try for another week. Eventually, so stop asking, but you cannot accommodate it and you cannot give into it. Yeah. Because it's, you're giving her attention. You're giving her more of your time and attention by entertaining this like back and forth. Right. You're, she can't keep asking questions if you don't keep giving answers. I work. I don't know what you want me to say. And she'd be like, can't you move it? And you'd just be like, you could move your job. Say that to her. And she'll be like, no, I can't. And you should be like, why would I move? You know, you don't want to go back and forth, but like put it back to her. You cannot be afraid of your friends. Yeah. Also try having this conversation in person because inference always gets lost. Yeah. On text. It always comes off as rude, which she is being rude. She also could be sending all these with a smile like, LOL, just change yours. And you're reading it like, change yours. Yeah. I doubt it, but she's just thoughtless. Like, just say, can't that day. How about this day? Can't. And then don't look at your phone again. Yeah. I do it all the time. Hi, Liza and Emily. I'm so happy I found the podcast. You make me laugh every week on my way to work. My name is Melissa. Yes, you can use my name. I'm 47, female, and I work as a paraprofessional. Fancy name for a teacher's aide. I've worked in this field for over a decade and take my job very seriously. I treat these babies like I'd hope my son would be treated. I work mostly with children on the spectrum. My current student is in sixth grade. He's very bright and capable, apparently has overcome many behavioral issues and has goals for his future career. He's a great kid and I enjoy watching his progress and being part of it. Problem. Sometimes teachers question things I do and how I do my job. Today, for instance, a teacher said to him, it must be nice to have a secretary. I was writing notes for him. He has bad handwriting. We're working on it and it's included in his goals, but often I have to make decisions and pick battles. There's literally no time in our schedule to sit and work on handwriting. Teachers aren't giving me any guided notes to help him if we did have downtime, so it's up to me to get him all of the information he needs to be successful. Handwriting isn't that important in comparison to everything else we're working on, I know what I'm doing. I have the go-ahead from his caseworker. 
Unfortunately, we don't have the luxury of time to really fix this problem in our day-to-day. In fact, the caseworker took occupational therapy out of his goals because he is capable of writing neatly. Sure, it's a few words, but not pages of notes. I don't want to get no confrontational with teaching. Nobody has normal, like your handwriting at the beginning of your notes is not the same person at the end of your notes. Even I, at the end of a sentence of like a thank you card. Just goes It down. goes from like neat print to like serial killer. Scroll. Like one of my hands was mutilated. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to get confrontational with teachers. My position is bottom of the pack and I don't need drama. It's also not my place to correct teachers. I don't tell them how to do their job and I'm over being told how to do mine by people who have no idea what I do all day. What can I say to get these unnecessary comments to stop? It's annoying to be, but really not appropriate to say in front of the student. Any advice is greatly appreciated. Thanks so much, Melissa. This is, this is interesting because there must, this kid has a plan in place with the school that he gets this person's help. I think any comment from the teacher about what that person is doing to help him is a judgment and it's like, this is not appropriate behavior. He has, uh, I forget what the word, it's not a PIP, that's for work, but like the plan you can get in a school that gets you extra time on things or an aid or something to help you. And this teacher is mocking that and that's not okay, no matter what she says. Extra time is called being misdiagnosed with ADD in the 2000s, but really it was just that you didn't care. They're like, how about some more time? You're like, sure. Um, Well, the example you gave is like kind of shitty, but really toothless joke where she was, I think, attempting to elevate him like he's a boss. Mm. Like, oh, you must have a secretary. Like it may not have come from a bad place, but secretary not only is an outdated word, but it makes you feel less than. Yeah. While you're elevating this kid. So it rubbed you the wrong way, but I don't have examples of them telling you how to do your job. So it's two different things. So if something is innocuous, it still kind of stings because in general, they don't look at you like a teacher because you're not a teacher. You're something other than, and you're in their class. You can do two things. You can lie and go up to the teacher and you can be like, he mentioned later that he felt kind of insecure about that. (laughs) So maybe don't make those jokes. You can pretend that he said that. Um, You can talk to the school about that, but I guess it's tough for me because I'm not getting the other examples because one's a comment and then you're saying that you're charging them with telling you how to do your job. So because I don't have those examples, it's hard for me to advise on that, but... The issue here is not that, I think the issue here is that comment is likely indicative of a larger problem of teachers and the teacher's aides. They're just being this friction of like, they they kind of have different goals. Like the teacher is having to teach everyone. The teacher's aide is just there for the one kid. The teacher should not be making any comments on this person whatsoever, shouldn't but also all, shouldn't, sure. right, shouldn't be saying anything about how that kid is working. But also it's like, the L, you're in the classroom. Like, she's like, oh, another adult. Like, I can make a dumb joke. I think it's just an uncomfortable situation. But the problem that you're in is that you have to keep an eye out that it doesn't tread into, like, offensive territory, which I think people well, are just so it's undereducated. Yeah. It's condescending to you, yeah. not to him. Because if she said to you, like, oh, it must be nice to have your own private professor Mm-hmm. Next to you, you'd be like, yeah, I kind of am. So it hurt your feelings. And oh yeah, that's what this comes down to. It hurt your feelings. Yeah. Um, and because I don't have the other examples, these are teachers and you are not one. And you are feeling like, hey, my job is just as valuable. They're valuable in different ways. Yeah. Um, but it is annoying to have people say condescending things. You can, 
I heard this advice about like the way, like not letting negative things be said about your kid. Like if, if, a, if someone labels your kid, like, oh, she's just shy. You can say in front of your kid, like, no, she is just very particular about how she expresses herself. Like, so that your kid hears that. Cause otherwise your kid is like, oh, I'm shy. Mm-hmm. But these labels are not spouted off to hurt anyone's feelings. Like shy is shy. And so you could do that with him. You could say, I'm not your secretary. I'm here to make sure that you do the best you can. And I'm going to help you take these notes. Mm-hmm. So you can you focus know? on more important things. And you say that audibly. If you want to make it uncomfortable for just two seconds. Yeah. But this is obviously wrapped up with a lot of other things that have been said. Yeah. So it's tough. It's tough to know where they're coming from. I mean, for sure, all teachers are all overworked and overextended. Mm-hmm. But if you decide to remove the charge from it until they say something truly condescending and please feel free to write back and tell us about that because then I'll tell you how to go to war. <laughs> but, and by war, I mean just like quietly talking shit later. Top of the cop. It's the top of the cob. We're doing it right every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. Let's do bottom. We'll do fan bottom, your bottom, my big bottom. Okay. The fan bottom at fuchsine fudge sign Fuck sign. Oh, I don't know. Draws. Well, good luck to you. Sorry. I said like, my bottom of the cob is no one pronouncing my screen name. <laughs> they said my bottom of the cob when you've been unemployed for nine months and finally got a verbal offer. You celebrate thinking it's over. The light is at the end of the tunnel. Then they ghost you and never answer emails. <sighs> they never send you the offer letter. Ugh. Um, I saw an Instagram video about this and apparently like there's this thing now where people are like getting these interviews, multiple rounds, and then they don't get the job. And apparently it's companies collecting resumes to measure qualifications against already hired employees. There's different things. There's also companies that will do interviews with you. Like in my my field, uh, they'll sometimes ask you to do like <laughs> case studies, like projects, examples, like actual work. So there's like people saying that they did interviews with and did actual work examples for them. And then they saw their work being used. You know, there's... Yeah. And then also Ugh. sometimes they just, they have a role that they know they're filling internally, but they have to interview external people for like legal HR reasons and they have no intention so of hiring you. It's so Ugh. bogus. And this DM just like got me because I'm just like, oh, that feeling of like thinking. You know when you're really excited about something, you think... I mean, this happens to you and it, this is like an entertainment thing. Like you think something's going to go. You just had a really exciting call about it. And then like nobody follows up and you're like, oh. You're literally on set in full makeup and they're like, mm, it's not moving forward. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Like that just or, is so horrible. We did a project recently where we literally shot it and the person who was the producer on it turned out to be like a con artist and nobody <gasps> got paid and it's an entire TV show that you may never see. No. It is, it is my ultimate bottom of the cob and I can't, it's not that I can't go into it, but I shan't. Right. But to shoot a whole TV show, and this happens to people all the time. Anyway, all right. Yeah. Your My bottom. bottom of the cob is when you get involved in something and then it becomes your problem. And this is more like a work thing, but I think it happens in life as well, where you just, where you comment or you're like, oh, this could be done better. Or there's like something more efficient or there's like, hey, what's going on here? And then suddenly it's like, okay, great. You're now doing this thing. Whether it's like work work or it's like, but I feel like for like Thanksgiving dinner, if you were like, oh, why don't we have this? It's like, well, yeah, you have to make it now, idiot. Why'd you bring it up if you don't want to make it? So I just, I don't, so I don't like being roped into doing my own suggestions. (laughs) 
that's why you can never give feedback on a fundraiser. I went to one that was not good recently. I was like, but if I say anything, then they'll be like, would you like to do it? And I'd be like, I won't be able to say no because exactly. I'll make it dope, but I can't do it. Yeah, you just got to let things be awful. Mm-hmm. Speaking of fundraisers, um, my bottom of the cob is, <laughs> so we did this big fundraiser. It's, it's tough. I don't want to, I don't know if this person listens or not, but based on their lack of technological acumen, I doubt they do. Okay. We did this big fundraiser. <sighs> we did this big... Um, auction, got all the items auctioned off, raised $100,000 for our charity. I was so proud of her. By the way, Emily's cat has jumped onto the screen and it showed me its butthole and Emily covered its butthole I- with her mouth to make sure she didn't cover the butthole. I try to be respectful when he puts it right in the camera. Cover that butthole. hole. Um, raised all this money. Spent weeks making sure all the money had come in driving across town, shipping all of the items everyone bid on. And we were left with a bottle of wine. It was a very expensive bottle of wine, generously donated by someone I know. And somebody bid on it, which is great. But we made multiple attempts to contact this person. They bought it. Like, we have their money. They paid. Did not supply us with an address where we could ship it. Multiple emails. Multi, and that, that, you know, someone from our team sent multiple emails, which I have seen texts and phone calls to the information provided. Nothing for weeks. And finally, last in the last week, you know, it's a bottle of wine that's really nice. And like, we don't want to be in charge of this thing and it has to be stored properly. Right. We sent an email saying, you know, we've made multiple times to contact you and we gave them the week. They're like, if we don't hear by you by whatever, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, whatever, at the end of the week, uh, we are going to return the wine to the donor. Because I was like, I guess we could just drink it. No, I'm like, we get back to the donor. Yeah. Nothing. And my heart rate starts going up because, you know, as someone who's been sued by a fucking weirdo for a weird law you didn't know existed, I'm like, oh God, my spider, spidey senses start going off. I'm like, is there some weird auctioning loophole law where you, like, once you bid on it, legally you're owed it forever, whatever. Yeah. So I asked the other women. I asked the organization. I don't think there's anything. So I'm just like, this is what it is. And we've given you multiple. Today, we get a very, not grainy, but just kind of like distant sounding voicemail from this person who's like, hey, I'm just calling. I've made multiple attempts to contact you guys about this, um, which you haven't, because that would be impossible given that there was only one line of communication. It's not like we had like multiple emails, but we still checked spam. We checked the organization's email and he called from a number that we didn't have saved, but is similar to the number he had. So it's just strange. We could never leave him a voicemail because it was not set up. Like just weird shit that either you're a scammer or I don't buy that you're not technologically somewhat aware because you had the wherewithal to bid on this and mm-hmm. buy it. And he's like, I hope the hope it's in the mail. It's like, but you never gave us the address. And it's like- Hope it's in the mail to where? To where. He also has to pay for that shipping, which was a stipulation on all of these items. Yeah. If it wasn't in the greater LA area, which it isn't. And I hate that like we were trying to do something good and now I'm stuck with this icky feeling by someone who might be totally toothless or is just some fucking weirdo. And it's like, I really, like, thank you so much for this donation. But like, I'm like, what's the best way to like just avoid this? So we just said, hey, 
you know, we multi, we tried to contact you uh, and I offered him a refund, which I hate to do because it's a thousand dollars. But in case you're running a scam, like legally, I'm sure if I offer you the refund, like I can't be like, it's just that thing where you're just like, there's always some weird dude like lurking to make it weird. And it's like, how in 2024, after you bid on something, does no phone line, no email, nothing work? And the fact that he's like, I tried to contact you. It's like, but you didn't. So now I you're lying. Screenshots. So, yeah. I would love to know. Yeah. I would love, I would love the like, I'm worried that there's a breakdown in our communication. Can you let me know? Can you send me a screenshot? Forward me what you sent so that I can look and see so, why we're not getting those emails? I have the capacity to do that, but part of me is like, no. You don't want to do it anymore. Because you'll never write back and I'll think about it. I'm like, yeah. great. Hey, we'll keep it. If you really want a refund, here's the organization's email. They will get that to you. Have a great day. But I gave the wine back to the neighbor and I'm not walking back over there to be like, can I get it back again? Like, I'm just not doing it. I hate that. I hate that. I hate that. How about the cop? How about the cob? Oops. Fan top of the cob. Hello, fantastic humans. See, Emily, I told you I was submitting mine. Finally. <laughs> this person did say. Okay. My top of the okay. cob. When you are at an end of the year work dinner with your executive team and the topic at the table turns to comedy and comedians. One of my colleagues is an amateur stand-up comedian. So we were going around the table saying who our favorite comedians we've seen live were. Me. I absolutely love Eliza. She won last comic standing is just fabulously on point with her topics exec sitting next to me. Wait, Eliza Schlesinger? Me. Yes, exec. My cousin is a comic and opens for her. Me. You're related to Hunter Hill? She then proceeded <laughs> to pull out her phone and show photos of herself, family, Hunter, and his wife at their lake vacation last summer. So Hunter, Aww. if you're listening, your cousin Christy says hi, and I'm her plus one for the next Eliza show in Philly. Angela, in Bridgeport, Pennsylvania. I love that. He's definitely not listening. Uh, but that's <laughs> it, great. Would, it would be that's shocking if we found out he listened. I would be so aghast. I don't know what um, I do. It would actually weird me out. I'd be like, you've never mentioned this. Uh, Hunter, like, secretly has a very big family. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them's an executive. Yeah, he has, like, a really successful, like, normal family. I don't know why he's a cop. What happened to him? Yeah. Something happened. Yeah. <laughs> My top of the cob is when you do research, you want to try a new restaurant, not just do the same thing, and you try it, and it's good, and it's fun. Everyone says they had a nice time. I went to a new sushi place with my parents because they always want to go to the same, like, like solid, fine place that's okay. And I was like, I want to go somewhere, a sushi place that also has mixed drinks, not just, like, really mm, bad beer. Not just socket. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I found this place and it has to be a place that we can get to not using highways. That's not here. My mom will only go certain places even if she's not driving. There's a lot of stipulations and I found a place okay. that looked perfect and we went and it was good and everyone had a nice time. Everyone said, oh, that was so good. Oh, we should go there again. Oh, that was fun. I was like, yes, I did it. I bet the rice was trash. I bet it was trashy, sugary, sticky rice. It might it have been. Sushi rice. What's the name of the place? I'm going to look it up. It was really it's dark a, inside. My dad had to pull out his phone flashlight to look at the menu. All right. Flatbread rolls already off to a very <laughs> Japanese start. I got, all right, I got to see if there's pictures here. The problem was every roll, they were so good, but they were so embarrassing to order because they were called like the X-Men Dark Phoenix roll, Avengers yeah. Endgame roll, Pokemon roll. And I was like, what? They were like, how many white people can we get in here <laughs> yeah. to eat our frozen tuna? Oh, you know what? 
when you said sushi in Atlanta, you lost me. But that's really great uh, that you killed it. That's a good feeling where you're like, I was not unhappy about this. When everybody left and they still said, oh, that was good. Like, you know, because sometimes when you recommend a restaurant, everybody's ready to be a hater and be like, we want to go to our favorite places. We don't want to do a new place. Well, everybody says that they're easy. And then oh. it actually, the people that are easy, they're like, I'll eat anything. You're like, that actually makes this really hard. Was yeah. it all on me? Yeah. Speaking of restaurants, on the fly, I'm changing my bottom. You already did a bottom. I'm sorry. My, my top. Okay. Oh, fuck. Oh. Do you want to save this? I just do two bottoms. You can do two bottoms. Yeah, it's your show. Do I'll two do, bottoms. I'm not going to do a top. I'm going to do two because oh, okay. thematically they have to do with wine and going to a restaurant that you think is great. Okay. We went to a restaurant here in LA that I'm actually not going to shout out because of the bottomness of this top. Okay. But in tandem with what you're saying, we we when I met Noah, I was like, oh, let's always go to new restaurants. He was like, never. He's like, go like five weeks in. You don't want to be their guinea pig. We tried this new place that's an old place that just sort of reopened to something else. And the food was outstanding. Like, and the vibe was cool. It was very like New York 2010s, like small, cool bistro, minimal. It was, the food was scrumptious. But they kept coming around. I didn't talk about this last week with the water bottles. If I would, I blacked it out if you did. Continue. The top was we picked something, we spent the money, and it was delicious. So I will go back. The bottom was, you know, every cool new restaurant has their requisite hostess that like always makes you feel like a little shitty for asking for stuff. Um, they have the little like demitasse glasses, which are very cool, cool guy restaurants, small glasses for water. I'm visibly pregnant, but even if I'm not, I was drinking my water very fast and they'd come over. I, I'd never, ever... Fine dining, casual dining. I'm a princess. I'm a surf. I never need someone else to fill my water. Yeah. I never, I, it always feels a little too like, thank you, dreams. Like my, so I just got to wait for someone of the two staff to notice me, fill it up. And I'm so thirsty. She comes by and it's, it's not a carafe of water. It's an empty wine bottle, right? Which a lot of people do and it's filled with water. And I say to her, I was like, I'm drinking so much water. Could you just leave the bottle? And I promise I'll drink it all. And she goes, oh, we only have two. And I was like, you're a wine bar restaurant. Go empty out the last two drops of Pinot and fill it with that tap water. It was just the weirdest answer. <laughs> we only have two. And we need them so to run around. You quenching your thirst is dependent on me and how busy I am. I'm trying <laughs> to make your life. We only have two. I'm like, then get me a cat bowl. <laughs> it's right. such a weird answer. It is really strange. At that point, you think like she could bring you like a Coke glass or something with water. You know what I mean? Like rather than your little tiny cup, because clearly you're going through it. It's not like, okay, why are you rationing this? It's not like I'm putting it in a to-go box and right. like taking. I just thought that that, it was such a weird answer. I didn't have a comeback for it. I was just yeah, okay, well. like, oh, okay. Okay, I'll just be here. <laughs> and then she basically proceeded to like not give us forks or plates. And I feel like her like cool girl attitude like went down just like a smidge. But it was very like, I don't want to be a bitch about this, but I'm really thirsty. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, she could have, I get, okay, she couldn't leave that there. I, I feel like she could have accommodated another way. She could have given you a different type of glass. She could have given me two you, glasses. Right. Giving you a second glass to be like, you know, I just feel like there's, there was something that could have been done there other than like eat shit. Good luck. We only have two? Yeah. What? Yeah. 
So it's like a half top, half bottom. It's top because I agree with you. It's nice when you pick a restaurant that's fucking great. And in LA, which is an incredibly diverse culinary scene with some of the best food in America, good, sturdy restaurants that you want to go to all the time that aren't like fast casual are few and far between. Yeah. Um, that aren't like super expensive or super cheap. Yeah. So it was nice to find that. Okay, folks. If I'm breathing heavy, it's because I have a baby sitting on my bladder. All I do is sit on the toilet and just dump out full bladders of urine. Congrats. Uh, we're getting there. Yeah, here we are on the 7th of February. Mm-hmm. And uh, in just a few weeks, we're going to have ourselves a new baby. Oh my Until gosh. then, please don't ask me how I'm feeling. Because the answer is better than most, worse than some. And as always, remember, a cat's butthole is more than just a butthole. It's a place you can... I'm so horrified. Great back and forth, just like the fans like. <laughs> you haven't heard about the McCrispy yet? Well, then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.